Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the Emerge From Your Box podcast. I've got a super special guest today. Um, her name is Shirley Joffe, and she's a joyful abundance mentor, a theatre healer and instructor. And she's got an amazing backstory, which I haven't yet actually heard yet. So we're both going to be tuning into this for the first time ever. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Margaret. So, so excited to be on here with you. Uh, I can't tell you. <laughs> so grateful to have you. So, yeah. So, Shirley, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, who you are. I've, you know, I've learned a little bit about you just having a few conversations before we started recording. But I think the listeners would really gain a lot of knowledge and insight and um, into getting to know who you are and why who you are who you are. Okay. Um, so, for me. I would just start by saying I'm still a child. I'm still that child at heart. And when I was very, very young, there was a lot of um, control and suppression of children, like children seen, not heard. And I, I grew up in a family that was extremely conventional, extremely scientifically minded. So if you, know, you grew up, you were either going to be a doctor or a solicitor. It wasn't even a lawyer. It's a solicitor or a doctor, or a scientist. This, these were your choices. Or housewife. If you're a female, you know, obviously housewife is the other choice. And um, although I loved science, I actually really, really loved science, it wasn't my passion. And I used to spend hours in my bedroom uh, dancing. That was my passion. And um, I mean, you can imagine the ceiling. We, we have two floors in, in the UK, and the ceiling was constantly like shaking. And my mum would be like, what are you doing up the stairs? And I'd have to hide these books because I, I there was no internet in that time. And there were no, mm. I didn't have videos or anything. So I had yeah, books. There was a time, people listening, that where we didn't have the internet. So I'm grateful that we have that now so we can hear the story. <laughs> <laughs> so I would have this in front of me and I would practice and practice and practice and practice and hide it and my mum eventually did find out and she said to me, as long as your grades are like, you know, top grades, that's fine. She was the mum that would say, if you came home with 90%, it would be, where's the other 10? It wouldn't be like, yeah. So there was always that, that push of perfection, that um, intensity to, for excellence. Yeah, I, I can definitely relate to that. I feel like we had the same parents and expectations from them, you know. Same here. It was either doctor, lawyer, scientist, or, um, well, that was it. <laughs> Get A's or A pluses. I'm like, hang on a minute. <laughs> and I remember, I mean, I I don't know about you, but I, one of my, my least favorite subjects was history. Mm. Yep. And we were sisters somewhere, I reckon. <laughs> Like the brain of a goldfish it was because i was purely driven by intuition mm -hmm. completely i was driven by intuition and and you know that sort of thing so having things memorized by rote was just like <laughs> painful like you know like putting pins into your eyeballs <laughs> so I, I have to say um i didn't even know the capital cities of australia until much later in life and i moved here when i was eight but it wasn't until much later because I, my brain just didn't grasp that kind of information. It no, just exactly. didn't file away like it's meant to. 
even though I was a straight A student, it just wasn't something that interested me. So, yeah, you know, for people listening, it's totally normal to not um, operate exactly the same way that the other students in class do. So if someone has set expectations on you, think about where that question came from. Was it yours or is it something that's been passed on to you by, you know, love my parents, but maybe that's where it came from, you know? You know what really is great about that is I had to work out strategies to make it when that wasn't a natural instinct. Um, and I realized that I'm very visual and I've got a pretty, uh, it's not photographic memory, but a, a, that I can create the picture and then I can remember things that way. So, you know, later on that really, really did help me. I would write everything in bright colors with pictures and when I'd be in the exams, um, I would just recall the picture and go, okay, so I know it was on the top right corner and I'd zoom in and I'd pick up the information that way. Uh, it took me years to work out what I was doing. But so that's, um, strategy within yourself that you created to fire and wire neurons and you know um, create those pathways before you even knew what it was. Yeah, just through necessity. <laughs> of having to get these results. <laughs> and I, I remember my mum, mum, I've come, I came home from my history exam and I said to mum, I just need you to prepare for the fact that I failed. <laughs> you know, just, just letting you know. I, I, I wrote an essay that was like one paragraph. That was my essay. <laughs> and all I did is I just littered it with dates. <laughs> just hoped that a few of them were correct. <laughs> It looks like math of some sort. <laughs> um, but even even at that point, I was I was thankfully I did actually get get my grades and everything. But even then, I knew that that wasn't my path. I knew that I was following my parents' path, and I tried to fit into that mold. And it was really hard, really really hard, hiding yourself completely because it just wasn't acceptable. And how old were you at that stage, you know? So that stage, this was from the age of 11, mm. way through till I was about 21. Yeah. I was so, hiding. Yeah. For people listening, you know, just take note of that. There might be someone in your life, your child or someone else's child that looks like they're failing at school, but something else is going on. Like Shirley mentioned, maybe it's just not the strategy that they've learned how to, maybe they're not visual, maybe they're auditory, maybe they're like feeling things, you know, just try and think about um, how people learn because nobody teach us how to, teaches us how to learn. They just tell us to learn. I'm like, hang on a minute, that's two different things, you know. So I just wanted yeah. to make people aware of that because that's something that a lot of kids experience, you know, um, and it yeah. can cause all sorts of things. Totally, totally. I have three, three young children and I'm just super aware as to watching them, how they learn, what they're doing, what their passions are, um, allow, giving them exposure to lots of things that are different outside of the school environment. They are going to school, to mainstream schools. Um, so that they can, you know, potentially find their passion earlier. Because it took me a long time to, I knew it, mm. but I wasn't able to embrace it. And, um, yeah, through, through all of that, I still, I went through, you know, university. I'm, I'm a biochemist and a master's in business and finance. But underlying, I also was a professional dancer for a couple of years without people knowing. 
I went under a different name so that my parents wouldn't find out. Um, <laughs> Pretty clever. <laughs> you find the strategies, don't you? And it was, it was my love. Um, and then when I got to university, I was, I kind of like future paced my life. And those of you who know NLP, that's when you look forward and you see how things are going to go and you look at different possibilities. And I saw myself in a laboratory. And as much as the work was exciting, I was actually studying genetics, which is really exciting. <laughs> but being in a lab when you're an expressive dancer, working mm. with figures all day, mm, doesn't really like you know ignite, ignite your atoms. It's not an alignment and incongruency with who you are at a soul level. You know, what I love, um, just listening to what you were sharing just now, you can be many things. You don't have to be labelled as one thing and just stick to that because that's what people think you are. Like, a lot of people didn't know that I was in the um, accounting world because of, you know, my presence is completely different. I'm travelling the world, I'm doing, pushing um, boundaries, getting out of my comfort zone, diving deep into things like you know quantum physics just doing all sorts of things that had nothing to do with numbers and you know we were discussing before I can't even get time zones right but my background is accounting and real estate how I don't know it just is you know so don't be afraid if you're listening to explore even as an adult we never stop learning right we just um continue to dive and be curious into many areas of life and that's that's the beauty of having um the capacity to do that you know we didn't get a big frontal lobe to sit on it or sleep on it we got it to use it <laughs> exactly um yeah so that sort of take when i was 20 21 I, I when i did this future pacing i just i just you know when you feel like your soul is kind of crushed thinking about what your future could be if you keep following this path and I just thought to myself, and at that point, I was actually too old to do what I really wanted to do, which was to teach dance, because I've always been one, I've always been a teacher. So in every sort of walk of life that I've taken, it, it, I'm drawn to that, mm -hmm. a teacher of life. Um, but to teach ballet, you need to be pretty, pretty awesome, you know? <laughs> and when I actually went to find out about it, they said to me, you're going to need another four years of study and you're going to need to be training like six hours a day for four years and financially that wasn't doable mm. so it was just like okay how much do I really want this what is it that I really really want and for me it was just the joy of movement that was it yeah there movement wasn't any dancing either it was ballet which was which is does quite ballet. a discipline yeah ballet and contemporary which are they're both very disciplined even mm. though contemporary very free flow there are a lot of rules and, and guidelines within it um uh but yeah so and i like the discipline the discipline is you know enjoyable yeah but for me that it was the when i really really drilled into it it was what is it that lights me up mm -hmm. what part of that lights me up is it the discipline that you know the, the elegance or that which some people it is yeah and for me just having that joy of being able to move my body in an aesthetically pleasing way, body emotion, and be in the music. That was that was the part that was really exciting for me. So I looked around, and at that point, aerobics was really emerging. 
and it was dance aerobics. So, you know, the, the, the teachers would actually get to choreograph. I love choreographing. The teachers would actually get to choreograph pieces. So I went and I did that. I did my um, aerobics qualifications and became an aerobics instructor. And my parents were horrified, absolutely horrified. You're just supposed yeah. to be a doctor, not um, yeah. a dance instructor. <laughs> not, even, not even a dance instructor. That might have been a little bit better, but an aerobics instructor. It was like it was like saying to to somebody, I don't know, what's the, what's the worst job you can think of if, if if you're in that family? That's what I would be saying to them. Yeah. <laughs> so for them, like, oh my god, um, and I. When, when I used to come and meet their friends, they would say to their friends, oh, she's a, she's a manager. Because that was acceptable. <laughs> that was a bit white collar. You know, at least yeah. you have a title. You're like managing people's aerobic state. <laughs> um, and I was quite, at that point, I, I just got fed up with all of this expectation. Mm. I was really positive. <laughs> And so I was, I would be a bit rebellious and a bit cheeky. And I'd say, well, actually, I'm an aerobics instructor. And you'd watch my parents' faces fall. <laughs> the people around were, were fine, you know, they didn't care. Yeah. But, yeah. but my parents were quite So I, I stopped doing that. That was kind of like a bit of, bit of revenge. And everyone, everyone gets that a little bit at times. A bit um, of ego there, but, you know, rebellion as a kid. <laughs> you know, when you're 20, 22, 23, it happens. That age, you know, you know everything, right? <laughs> you have all the answers. Yeah, yeah I, can totally, I can totally relate to that. You know, sometimes it's um, but you know, now as you mentioned before, when you've studied things like NLP, you know, perception is projection, right? So they're just basically feeling like maybe they failed somewhere because the title aerobics instructor isn't a successful title, whereas you know, um, we know that being successful has a different meaning to everyone. Someone, it could be like, I was really big when I was younger and now I love dancing and that's success, you know, getting out of that, um, yeah, that kind of mentality. So, Really, really. And I mean, I'm blessed. I, I woke up every single morning joyful and happy because I got to do uh, something I absolutely loved. And I did that for about eight, nine years until my body started you know, waver a bit. <laughs> um, the, the joint started to. I was I was training like seven hours a day. Yeah. Uh, so it, you know, it was quite tough on the body, but absolutely mind blowing. But along that, this now takes me to to sort of. It's a bit of a long way around, but um, I was working so so hard still. So there was still that mentality of mm. super hard work, and I remember. I was doing personal training at one of the very, very prestigious uh, clubs in the UK. I think it's worldwide still. Um, and I, we used to get celebrities through and, you know, big celebs and rich people, whatnot. <laughs> and one lady, I was training her. And she turned to me and said, Shirley, you're looking really, really tired, really exhausted. Are you okay? And I said, so, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'll just, you know, just grab. My rest day, by the way, was doing a day full of yoga. It wasn't actually resting. It was just doing a different type of exercise. That was my rest day. <laughs> um, and anyone who's done yoga, as, as relaxing as it is, it is hard. 
It's not, it's yeah. not like no. easy. If you know, you're doing yoga good. properly, you're not um, resting no. <laughs> at all, especially not in the mind. <laughs> exactly. So she said to me, I go to, and this, she said, have you ever meditated? No. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you need to try meditating. And I'm like, okay. So, so she's talking to me, the person who does not sit still for like two minutes my mind's going 19 dozen with, you know, whatever it is, it's just like, and I just looked at her and I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> you know and what I love said, about that story? I did exactly the same thing. I had an acupuncturist because apparently, oh, I had um, premenstrual pains and I went to an acupuncturist. She took my pulse and she's like, did you do like eight cups of coffee before you came to visit me? And I'm like, no, she's like, what did you do today? And like yourself, I was addicted to being busy. That was my vice and escape from, you know, myself, really. Um, and she said the same thing to me. She's like, have you ever thought about meditation? And I'm like, meditation? I'll do a three-hour boxing class. I'm not sitting there hugging a tree. What's wrong with you? That's a strange that. Actually, I did exactly the same with that country. I'm going to get to that. <laughs> um, but with this lady so she she actually was a um a senior like guru type person in the transcendental school so i don't know if you've heard of transcendental meditation yeah so she was a senior there and to go there you, you it's big bucks to have the training mm. and she said to me i'm going to gift you the training because you need the training so I'm like, okay and i remember <laughs> okay don't look a gift horse in the mouth okay <laughs> so I turn up at this at the meditation school people are walking around in I presume in zen state and it's really irritating when you're like super high to have someone walking around like that it's it irritating it's very irritating I For remember me, thinking what's wrong with this person <laughs> it was all about uh, that <laughs> walked in and, and I have you have one-to-one -one. and this guy sat me he did all the initial bits the initiation told me about how to do it and then he said right we're going to meditate an hour an hour <laughs> one hour just one hour one hour <laughs> I said an hour and he was just sat next to me eyes closed and I, I spent the whole time going, this isn't working, this isn't working, like peeking. So is I still close? What's the time? Is I still close? What's the time? <laughs> and I can tell you that that is painful <laughs> in many ways. <laughs> and I know exactly how you feel because I was exactly the same person. Is this done yet? Are we finished? It's been 45 minutes yet. <laughs> and I said to him, I'm really sorry. I just don't think this works for you. And now I've been gifted this amazing thing. He said, just, just do 10 minutes a day. Just try it. I did my first two weeks, came back to him and said, it's still not working. Uh, you know, I'm sitting, I'm doing my eyes closed. I'm doing my, my stuff and it's not working. I've got, you know, things going through my head. And, oh, a couple of times I fell asleep as well. So I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> My boyfriend at the time, I'd, I'm meditating, I'd sit in the car and close my eyes and I'd be asleep. 
who said, that's not meditation, that's sleep. <laughs> um, I'm laughing because I did exactly the same thing. <laughs> meditation. And he said to me, every time you close your eyes and you begin, you have succeeded. Whatever happens is what's meant to happen. And you're now giving your, your mind, your spirit and your body the time that you hadn't given it before. Mm-hmm. And he just asked me to persevere. And thankfully, I actually had that contact, that, that mentoring. Because I think if I had just done it on a, you know, on a, on a tape or something, mm-hmm. I'd probably continued because I'd have been thinking, well, it doesn't work. And there would be no one there to actually guide me on that journey and to allow me the space to feel it's not working, yeah. to know that it does. It's super um, important to have that nurturing. I totally agree because some people ask, you know, I think we chatted about it before. There's actually no such thing as a bad meditation. Like you said, as long as you're in, like you've committed to it, whatever happens after, um, your unconscious mind has made the decision to take that journey. And sometimes you sleep, sometimes you, you know, have a lot of things come up. Other times it's super confusing and other times you get crystal clear clarity and you know exactly what you want to be when you grow up, you know, um, whatever works for you. But yeah, I think it's super super potent to um, bring that awareness to people if you feel like you're not um meditating properly speak to someone that is they might be able to give you a bit of insight on you know what it is that because you're not meant to achieve a state if you're if you're meditating and you're surrendering to try and achieve something like that's kind of working backwards isn't it <laughs> process it's the commitment um, and I'd also, you know, I'd, I'd add to that, speak to somebody who has a rounded view and maybe has tried many things because if they've only done one thing and it's worked first time, they, they don't have that experience to say mm-hmm. to you, well, actually, maybe try, you know, and, and then, you know, after you've given it a good go, if that particular meditation doesn't work for you, that doesn't mean that meditation doesn't work for you. It just means that you could just try a different one. 100%. You know, people that are starting off, I think it's, it's a good idea to maybe even start with a guided meditation. I think that for me, that's what helped at the beginning. Different voices will trigger you differently. Like I do some Dr. Joe Dispenser meditation and I do some, you know, others because sometimes I need a feminine voice to intercept and other times I just need a really commanding um, sort of more dominating voice to intercept. But sometimes I need nothing. So um, yeah, like you said, Shirley, just explore. You know, be open to exploring because we can't have um, so many people around the world saying that it's working and one person saying that it doesn't. It's just that you haven't found your rhythm, your flow, your groove in how it works for you. So, yeah, absolutely. Speak to someone that's rounded and has, um, and, and there's many people you can reach out to, of course, Shirley as well, you know, just to get that insight. Yeah, totally. So um, from that, that was my point, really, for exploring myself spiritually even though I didn't realize it at the time but that was my starting point and I can say to you that I have meditated every single day since I have not missed a day whatever the type of meditation I've done a meditation every single day it's what keeps me sane I'm a hyper girl (laughs) I'm super hyper if I don't do this um, I start to get scattered it brings you focus it brings you an underlying sense of, well, for me, it brought me an underlying sense of calm, a sense of focus, peace, and it 
being a generally happy person, it just dialed that up so that, you know, very few things knock me over now. And even if they do, I know that I can get back up. And that's the beauty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And meditation, you know, by definition, it's just really, it, it, this is, you know, what I've absorbed in, in doing the practice is becoming aware of the self, becoming aware of you in this present moment. And the thing is, I find a lot of people as well go into meditation and think, oh, it's always going to be beautiful. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes things come up and that's just what needs to come up. But I think, um, you know, important to know, like, don't judge yourself in that moment. Just allow that to come through and pass through you. And then, you know, if it's something that's recurring, then you need to speak to somebody else again to give you insight into why is that coming up? You know, why is this something that's in my um, in my consciousness? But when I'm not thinking about it, it's not. You know, so exactly. Um, you know, most sessions I start with, we do a meditation because I bring the stuff up to ready to, for people to hear it. So, um, so yeah. So fast forward, I'm still doing the 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 fast hustle work thing, and eventually, after I quit my aerobic stuff, I went into corporate. I became a learning and development consultant, investment banks, legal firms. I was very highly sought after, but I was working like 16, 18 hour days, which is ridiculous. And I was still meditating, but I was doing, you know, it's kind of like the analogy of you're putting the, the good fuel in a, in a not very healthy tank because I was still doing that hustle. And eventually... There's a lot of people struggling in that arena as well that um, aren't even meditating, you know. So um, it can be, it is quite toxic to the body to put yourself through that kind of, um, and I'm not saying corporate jobs are bad or anything. Like, you know, everybody does what they do in life. Nine to five, I was there for two decades. I myself as well decided to leave, but that was my choice based on what I felt was good for me. Um, but yeah, it's super important, especially for people listening that are, are in the corporate world, just think about that. You know, we're not, not telling you what to do and what not to do, but just become mindful. Yeah, yeah. and corporate is not bad. I, I, I enjoyed the time there. But what was happening is I was the one who was hustling. I wasn't, you know, people can, can, can do that as in pressurise you, but it's up to you to accept that pressure. Mm -hmm. and to do that yeah. it's not like they're not making you they're not forcing you it's just the environment you choose how you react to that environment um, yeah. and i didn't really well i mean i literally went into overdrive and eventually my body keeled over um i've had chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia three times in my life because of this this hyper based um person that i am and mm -hmm. this is pretty bad i spent it started with just stress in the corporate world. Um, and then there was also some, um, you know, like politics, corporate politics mm. that um, I didn't enjoy. And I had to do, I had to sue for, for, for harassment and things like that, which was also stressful, mm. especially someone who I actually quite admired in, in, my, in my job. Yeah, look, it's, a, it's um, something that I know many people I know personally are going through. So on top of already being stressed and having to go through the compounded stress of just standing up for yourself, to be honest, you know, and honouring um, yourself, it, yeah, it's definitely taxing. The 
very much so. And the reason I actually did that was because I noticed there was very sexist behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, that you would, it was a very male dominated environment. And if you were a female willing to, how to say it, put it out there, then <laughs> you're willing to do that, then you would get ahead. And I'm not willing to do that. For me, it's about results. It's about impact. It's about efficiency, making things better. Um, supporting and living in alignment with your integrity. Yeah, exactly, totally. Um, and yeah, that's where it began. And I felt that it was really important to bring that out. So, that, and, you know, since I know they have actually incorporated a lot more policies around that since mm-hmm. then. Um, but yeah, I, from that, I ended up, it was funny because I was due to go back after stress leave and my back gave out, which I had never had back issues ever. It's yeah. interesting, my body just goes, I'm going to stop you because this is not where you should be. You know, something I heard from um, John Martini was that if you're not living in alignment with your talos, which is your highest purpose, your L5 and L6 can decide for you to stay home. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting because I know many people, again, and myself inclusive, that just were debilitated. I'm like, why? Like, I train, I'm healthy. Like, what's going on here? I don't understand that. What's happening? You know? Right since... medical intuitive healer so I go through you know organ by organ I know what that that means but then I didn't know I just I was just confused and but it progressed and it became ME chronic fatigue with fibromyalgia I was at that point I was then pregnant with my second child I couldn't move out of bed the whole time I was pregnant and no one would actually recognize what was going on they just said oh it's the pregnancy it's the pregnancy it's fine um, I, I couldn't move. I had a frozen shoulder. My arm stopped moving around. Um, when I gave birth, I couldn't, I couldn't hold her. I had to have a sling to hold her. Um, and it took six months for them to actually diagnose what it was because all the way through they were saying postnatal depression, pregnancy, you know, everything else. And I knew there was something else going on. I knew. I couldn't take drugs because I was breastfeeding and, and before I was pregnancy. So I was just in bed in pain for, for at that point, obviously nine, 10 months and then continued. It continued for another year. So it was, it was tough. It was tough. It's really, um, Thank you for sharing that. That's a really vulnerable part of, you know, the journey because there's a lot of women out there that, that are listening or if, if it's men out there and there's somebody in your life going through this, it's, you know, postnatal depression is something that is still being understood. But as Shirley said, it might be something else that's underlying and often is that's triggered that. Um, it's easy to put a label on something and say, oh, yep, that's just what it is. But is it? You know, I would have that open conversation with the woman that's experiencing this and see what's really going on because you don't know you know just don't assume that it is because that's what society says fits that label and category you know what I mean um yeah so I, I just thought it was important to mention that yeah totally it's it is really important 
eventually I got a diagnosis, but not that that helps because it's not a, something that can just be medicated away. I just sort of then had an idea of what it was. Um, that may not be the whole thing, but what kept me going all that time was the meditation that I mentioned. I would tune in, I would take my mind out, out of the space of pain. Um, there's a concept of going into a void, going into the void when you're in pain, which I've used for, for training, I've used when I go to hospital. Um, it's very helpful. However, when you do it too often, you end up very disconnected from your body. And it took me a long time to reconnect to my body. And especially if you're living with a constant level of, at that point, it was moderate to high pain. But even now, I still sometimes live with a moderate level of moderate, low to moderate pain. Mm. And people are, I'm not, you know, I'm not unique in that. Many people do live with that, and it just adds extra strength to the body. And the, that's where things like meditation and inner work, body work, are just super valuable because they help you manage that. I don't take any medication. I stopped. I, I was on it for years. Is that like a phantom pain? Is that how you would describe that? or? Mm. Because I've heard of the concept of phantom pain, but I just, I don't know why don't that know. Me. I've never had it described as phantom pain, but it's kind of like when when there's a lot going on, um, I, I get very hypersensitive, so I can't be hugged. I can't be touched. It hurts. It actually hurts. Um, it happens less now. But as I said, I, I was on medication for many years. And, you know, through, through, I decided I didn't want to medicate this. I wanted to do it through alternative and natural means. So after the two years, I was like, right, that's it. You know, I cannot, I, I can't be in bed with my kids, you know, growing up. So I, I started to go and you mentioned about acupuncture. Um, I actually went, the first thing I did was, okay, I'm going to go to an acupuncturist because it had worked for me before for other things. And I was just so blessed that I found somebody who is not just an acupuncturist and a Chinese medicine doctor, but he's a Qigong master mm. and he does other things. And I've always done martial arts and he was a martial artist as well. Um, and through a combination of treatment and a lot of pain, working through the pain it wasn't just like oh la la he actually I, i'm still in contact with him because i've become a basic Qigong instructor myself this. Um, and he reminded me he said the first day you came to my class so i remember it differently so i'll tell you what he said and then i'll tell you how i remember it but the first day you came into my class i just thought this is a really strong lady because she can't stand at that point i i walked in i had to sit so i've been bending she can't stand. Holding her arms out is agony. Mm -hmm. And he said, I can see you week on week coming in, doing as much as you can every week in agony and persisting. Mm -hmm. He said to me, that, that's strength. That is inner strength. 100%. And 
100%. And people listening recognise that, you know, there are people that shouldn't get out of bed but still do because of the resilience they've built inside their mind, not accepting the decision that that was their fate. Like, no, you were fighting. That's beautiful. That's the courage. Yeah. Um, and from my perspective, I remember the first time I walked into class and hating every moment because when I, mean, I saw this guy, I, I hated him on sight. I loved him and hated him on sight because he was just in Zen. He was in constant, like, you know, it was just like, oh my God. <laughs> How can you be that calm? He's <laughs> one of my best friends now. <laughs> and I hated him on sight. And I've told him this, he loves. Um, but that was my, that was the start. And it took about a year, nine months to a year till I was in better shape. And then what was happening is I was managing. I was, you know, when, when you were, I had to do a lot of self-care to stay on top of that. And it was good, but it was hard work still because I was vigilant. I had dietary restrictions because there were things that didn't agree with me. I had, um, if, you know, if I didn't want to medicate, it meant that I had to do certain things, once a week treatments, that sort of thing. And that can add up financially, <laughs> for sure. Yes, it can. And, <laughs> and equally, it's, again, I just thought, I'm still not free. Mm. I'm still not free. Um, until I came across Beta Healing. Um, and I was still, I was less managing. I was much better because I hadn't gone back to corporate. I realized that that was not good. It was not a healthy environment for me because it pushed me into my A-type personality, which I love, but it wasn't great for my being, great for my body, and it wasn't my purpose. Definitely wasn't my purpose. Um, but when I found Theta Healing and the other, mod and I've done other mod modalities until then, um, with one Theta Healing session, I felt all of the fog lift and a clarity come over me and the tiredness had gone, literally with one session. I'd done courses, but it was a, a you know, there's always a turning point session. When people say to you, it happened in one thing, go to their backstory because they have been working towards that 100%. for a while without realizing. And this is something I noticed. You know, when people say, oh yeah, it, one session and you're done. Mm, okay, <laughs> I'm a bit dubious. Only that there is a journey behind it. It may not be a journey um, that that you're aware of, but when you look back, there is. And, and for me, definitely, there was a journey. I, I wouldn't have been able to do that six years earlier, for example. Hundred percent. You're at a different level of awareness, um, and just because you became aware of it in that moment doesn't mean it was the moment. So, super, super, super um, helpful to point out. Um, and then, you know, and then we sort of two, three years later danced, three years now, 1922. Yeah, three years, two and a half. I don't, <laughs> I don't time is a bit elastic for me. <laughs> um, now I'm, I'm, I'm running my business. It's been, it is my purpose. 
it's like the whole of my life, my journey has brought me to what, what I'm helping people with. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually at the end of this part of the journey and getting to a point where I will be starting a new journey, which is super exciting. I'm going to be revealing that maybe in a few months. But the, the business is beautiful. I love it. I work it in the way that I choose. Mm -hmm. I don't, so I've had coaches, you know, don't get me wrong, I've had coaches and they've been amazing along that journey. And I've chosen to work in my own way. Um, I kind of just like, I push against, not push against, I allow structure to dissolve. Mm. So I put it in and then I allow it to, to meld. And that's how I, how that's many of my clients come with that because they are, they have been stuck in that, in that space of like, da, 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 da. and they, I think it's important for people to realize that with everything we go through, if we can trust, and that I think has been all along from the beginning, I did still trust. I didn't know I was, mm. yeah. but there was underlying trust that, I can trust me. I can trust what I feel, what's in my heart. And knowing that my heart is connected to everything, which I didn't know then, but I know. You never know at the time. Sometimes it can be a bit clouded. But, you know, what I love hearing um, just listening to you now is it's not about going against the grain. It's about being the creator that you are. It's about you shining and remembering who you are and bringing that to the world because, Yes, there are many people before you that have done what they do, but there's only one of you. So you being able to just be you, trusting and surrendering to the fact that you know who you are in this present moment. We're going to change. We're, for me, I say I'm always a, I'm a forever student. You know, there's always going to be people that can enlighten and give you a different perspective on whatever it is that they've done. But as far as delivering your gift to the world, only you can do that, right? Only you can unlock your gift. And then, you know, like what I'm hearing is that that's what you do um, now. You know, sometimes people are at different parts of their journey and having gone through it yourself, you can sort of navigate and guide them. You know, it's not about telling people this is the right way, you know, this is the modality you need to use or whatever. It's about having that expansive approach to, um, you know, just helping them trust themselves. It, it comes down to you. It comes down to... You know, even if you're working with clients, your first client is you. And when you're able to make that connection and come home to yourself, then and people are magnetic and attracted to that. Like, you know, this is why we're, we're in this space right now. You know, um, I was I was drawn to your energy, you know, just I didn't know anything about you. I just love the energy that you put out there. You weren't like anybody else that I'd come across um, even in social media. And I was like, there's something different about Shirley. I've got to really um, get to know her story. Like, what was it? What was the pathway from her crisis to courage? You know, being that little kid, it was told, oh, yeah, you're going to be a lawyer or a doctor or, you know, scientist and then and then becoming a, you know, addicted to dance, aerobic constructor and um, helping people heal with holistic modalities, you know, like what a journey. There's only one of you. So I hope that people listening take that in and um, recognise that within themselves they have that too. We're not special. We're just being ourselves. 
we are special. Everybody is special. Everybody yeah, what I mean by that is that... Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, look, it was, it's been an absolute pleasure diving in. And, um, but I do have one question left for you. There's so much that we've covered here. So I'd love to invite you back because I think, you know, especially at the next phase of um, the beginning of your next journey, um, you know, go deeper and share with people. Like this is the first time that I've heard about Theta Healing, for example. Um, you know, there's probably many people that are curious about that, but I got one question. If today was your last day, what would your message to the world be? Oh my goodness, why message to the world? If today was my last day, I'd say today's not my last day. <laughs> my last day may be in this vessel, but I know that truly we are multidimensional. And I know that because I've accessed the different areas through, through the work I've done. Um, I would just say, hug your, hug your family, hug your friends, be grateful that you've had time on the earth and just just do as much love and as much joy as you can. You know, finish on us. <laughs> finish on a high, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Shirley, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, like I said, I've learned so much about you just having a chat heart to heart here. And I'm sure there are many people listening to this podcast who resonate with a lot and maybe want to have a discussion with you or just want to get to know you or want to, you know, latch onto this beautiful energy that you bring. Um, that's what I'm feeling. Like I'm, I'm pumped up. I'm ready to do <laughs> an aerobic session myself now. I can feel your gorgeous energy and it's infectious. But if they do want to get in touch with you, how can they reach you? Well, they can reach me on my Facebook page. I'm Shirley Joy Joppy on there um, or on my website, which is shirleyjoppy.com. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really, really happy to, to, you know, to have discussions. I love connecting with people. So if they're interested in, in having any kind of discussions or learning any more about the stuff that I do or have done, just please do get in contact with me. Absolutely. There you go, guys. You know, there might be someone, you know, that's going through this. There might be a mom that, you know, that's going through this. You might be the husband or somebody that's, um, you know, showing signs of just um, a little bit out of the ordinary and just want to have a chat about or have a little bit of a deeper understanding on what's really going on. It's really important that we talk about these things, you know. The whole purpose of creating the Emerge From Your Box podcast was for all those stories to come out of you and to share like with you these little kids. You know, everybody's got a crisis to carry story. And um, whatever that is for you, like talk to someone about it, you know. Shirley's available, I'm available, but um, yeah, just reach out. Make sure that you're expressing yourself and um, yeah, find, being resourceful about finding out how, um, you know, this can help you or someone that you know. Um, but yeah, until the next episode of Emerge From Your Box, thank you so much, Shirley, all the way from the UK at like crazy o'clock in the morning because of our time zone differences. <laughs> I'm so grateful to have heard, um, you know, a small part of your journey because uh, it's just beginning, you know. Every day is a new day and um, I can't wait to have you back on. <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited. Thank you so much. It's been absolutely amazing. It's been really lovely talking to you. 
You're very, very welcome. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of Emerge From Your Box podcast. And until the next one, take care.